I am Jim Collison, and welcome to the Clifton Strengths Podcast. On this podcast, we'll be covering topics such as well-being, teamwork, professional development, and more. Now enjoy this episode. Jessica Dawson is our host today. Jessica is a learning and development consultant at Gallup. Uh, and Jessica, always great to see you. Oh, it's always so good to see you as well, Jim. Excited to be here and, and have a chat. Yeah, no, <laughs> great, great to have you. Uh, we are doing this series, this Culture That Inspires series, really based on um, the previous series that we, we did with Robert around uh, the five steps of building a strengths-based culture. And so that lays out that that series available now, all five available on our website if you want to head out and, and, and catch up on those. Um, all five of those really build a framework for like, what do, if we're going to do a strengths-based culture inside an organization, here's how, here's some of the components we need. That's kind of the what. Now we're going to kind of do the how, right? We're going to spend some time over the next oh several weeks here uh, with different guests. You're going to lead us out today on it and kind of now, what's the practical application of this, right? In our training, if, if folks come out and take our, our ASC course to become a coach, one of the very first units they cover is this idea of name it, claim it, and aim it, right, in, in, in this process. And we're going to spend a little bit of time going through, certainly not replacing what we do in the course, but for the, for the average strengths user, for someone thinking about like, man, how could I use this to help in my organization? And I think it's a step. And it doesn't come naturally because I just talked to a, a group of folks who were saying who they bought Clifton Strengths for everybody. And then they were like, now what? And so I think this area of name it, claim it, and aim it is, is, would be really great if we'd spend some time going through that. So, Jessica, from a developmental process standpoint, can you give, give us an overview of this framework of this name it, claim it, and aim it? Yes. And I love your verbiage of, I bought this thing, I took the assessment, now what exactly do I do with it, right? Yeah. So Name It, Claim It, Aim It is a fantastic framework to really get started. We know that the report is really simply a starting point for folks. So this framework is, is, is meant to help along that developmental process. And uh, I remember I was, I was leading with um, Austin Solon who you all likely know, um, but back when he used to lead courses, he said something in one of our classes that really stuck with me. Um, he said, let's say if I was in front of the room and I spilled coffee all over myself, one of you would like, likely get up to make sure that I was okay. Another one of you might get up to go get me towels. Another one of you might actually sit and think, how did she, how did I do that to myself, right? And I think that that is a great way to describe the fact that we all have a unique filtering system. So when we get our report, we're seeing ourselves sometimes for the first time, sometimes it's revalidating some things that we already know, but the name it, claim it, aim it process is a cyclical process to continue to have you discover, then really understand the tools that are in your toolkit. And then from there, put all of that good self-discovery into action by aiming your, your actual talents at specific outcomes. If you wanted to say, name it, claim it a little bit, name it, claim it, aim it a little bit differently. Um, I've even heard people say, learn it, love it, and live it. And I think that that also embodies what we're, where we're going with the name and claim and aim it process. I think the biggest mis the mis the biggest misconception that people have uh, about the framework is that it is linear 
but it's not. It's actually cyclical and you can be anywhere in the process and need to jump to a, another component, right? So for example, I could be in a place where I did a lot of self-discovery, be at aiming it, and then have a new aha epiphany about a nuance about one of my strengths, and I'm jumping right back to naming it. So it's excellent because it endlessly unpacks and that journey never really ends for you. I was excited when this came up, when this topic came up and we started talking about it because I find sometimes in our communities, in our strengths communities, we're really good at the naming it part. And I, I jokingly say sometimes we we spend our times doing name it, name it, and name it, <laughs> where we all we do is talk about it, right? Where it doesn't yeah. become an actionable item. It doesn't lead to successful outcomes. Let's kind of break this down. Let's break this framework down. We're going to talk about name it, but I'm excited to kind of dig into the claim it and aim it as well. Why don't you start with name it for us? What's that framework? Yeah, so naming it is really about a person going through that continuous process of understanding how their strengths show up for them and putting a name to those patterns of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, right? So a lot of times we will have folks read their their report, circle and highlight the words and phrases that really resonate with them, start to think about how their strengths show up with them, you know, in, in, in their lifetime, in their work, at home, et cetera. Um, and I remember you and Dean actually did a really great three-part series on strengths training basics, what's next. And he breaks down this so beauti beautifully because I think the other thing that sometimes can happen within this naming it process is if people don't have a really clear foundational understanding of what their themes are, it's easy to start labeling and it's also easy to mistake one theme from another theme, right? So to quote Dean, this is not a Warshock block. Right. So you do need to have a foundational understanding of what is it that Gallup means about these themes. And then from there, you are going to expand your knowledge and have a broader understanding of, for me personally, how does this theme show up for me? Right. And so um, at least a bare minimum, you've got six months work worth of work ahead of you, but then it continuously, you will discover new things about yourself. I literally discover new things about myself every day based on the strengths. And I took this back in 2010. So the naming it piece um, is about putting a name to those talents. Do these, are there nuances? I mean, certainly, right? As we think about this idea, what does it mean for me? That really does add some nuances. When, when those come into conflict, Jessica, how do we... Kind of how, how do you, what, what, what advice do you give on handling that when there may be differing opinions? I think that feelings are facts to the person that's feeling them always. Uh, yeah. And as a coach, that should make you curious, right? Um, or as you're rolling this out and maybe two people have Achiever and they see it differently, or maybe it shows up for them differently. I think that all of that is a beautiful place to have a deeper conversation um, and for us to understand what's really happening there. Sometimes it could be a little bit of theme dynamics that's coming in, or maybe it's not just my Achiever strength that I'm talking about, but maybe it's my Achiever and my context and some of these other things. And sometimes the theme just shows up differently differently. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. It's, it's, a, it's a big point and, and we won't spend too much time digging into that, but it's a big point, especially in a community. When you think about building a strengths-based culture and you have everybody talking the language, sometimes uh, folks will get hooked on a definition and they're like, no, this is it because right. this is the way it is for me. 
not necessarily understanding that we all have a different set of theme dynamics, that things play into this. Micah and I spend an enormous amount of time talking about this on Theme Thursday. We have six seasons and we're just scratching the surface yep. on all the different things that can happen there. So the name it piece, I think people are pretty good at. What about yeah. climate? What about claiming? Maybe a little harder. <laughs> yeah. So claiming it is all about an awareness and appreciation of your strengths. You know, it's a deeper level of understanding. It's really being able to catch yourself red-handed, utilizing your strengths. So those moments when you say, oh, there's my consistency or those, there's my responsibility, right? You're in that claiming it piece. I think the other thing that that happens within within claiming it is you know, it's easy to kind of settle on my strengths or things that help me. But the other thing that happens within claiming it is you start to understand the totality of how your strength shows up. And in reality, our strengths are a tremendous help for us, but they can also really hinder us. So claiming it is also that 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 uh, getting the lay of the land of your strength and how it may actually get in the way of you or other people around you and their success. So um, being able to be in more of a control of your strengths is important because when you're not managing your strengths, your strengths will be managing you, right? So we talk a lot about helping versus hindering or balconies versus basements. Um, we also talk about tips and, and, and having a better understanding of when your strengths are hindering you so that you can start to correct it. Maybe you're using another strength, maybe you're stepping away for a second um, and stepping it more into that rational part of your brain as opposed to the emotional part of your brain, which is where our talent is housed. Mm. Um, it's also where you get to fall deeply in love with your strengths, right? So sometimes we like our strengths and love other people's, but this is where you get to fall in love with exactly who you are and you understand the power and edge of what that means. So taking a standard definition, making it, understanding it enough to make it our own. And then my favorite part, what about aiming it? Yes, aiming it. It's where the rubber meets the road, right? We often say that it's not enough to just know your strengths. You must also take responsibility for actually using them. And I'll even go a step further and say that in your usage, it should enhance your performance and uplift the performance of other people around you. So aiming it is where we get to demonstrate that. I now ha have all of this newfound self-discovery, newfound understanding about how I'm landing with my colleagues, maybe with my team, maybe even within the, the entire organization, what am I going to do about it, right? So you have to um, be very intentional about aiming your strengths um, at a specific outcome. It could be at a specific goal. But the main point of the philosophy is um, to do, you do this most effectively when you have that level of self-awareness, Right. So you 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 bring fresh eyes to your goals. You bring fresh a fresh lens to those maybe those obstacles that you're facing because I have much more of a self-discovery and strengths is the how I'm going to get to that outcome. Right. So a lot of times in our courses, we actually talk about doing an IDP. Um, I know I talked about that the last time I was on, but an IDP is a great way to actually craft a plan. And I also like the idea of being able to measure the goal of the or the obstacle that's important to you and putting a number or a quantifiable measurement so that you can see, am I actually closing the gap while utilizing the tools in my toolkit? Yeah. Aiming, goal setting, IDP stands for individual development plan. Those are available inside our kits mm -hmm. for our coaches to have that. It's just a process to work through these themes that they turn into 
actual talents that can be focused on something that you use and you can create some goals around That's them. Right? Right. Very, very, very simple process. And so, Jessica, as we think about that framework, then what what type of culture would allow for this type of framework to thrive? Give us some examples of that. Yeah, you know, it's it's got to be a culture where people are actually able to be vulnerable, right? Um, some of you on the line likely have heard of Dr. Brene Brown, and she talks a lot about vulnerability, and she t she says that vulnerability is. Uh, being brave and afraid at the same time. So um, very much needed within this whole Clifton Strengths Finder developmental journey because you are not just exploring how your strengths show up and how your strengths are fantastic. You're also exploring the vulnerabilities of your, your talents, of your strengths. And if you're not in an environment where you feel safe to do that, it can really um, hinder the trajectory of the, the philosophy really being rooted in the culture. Uh, we know from our research within the work workplace that there is this shift in terms of expectations that's happening. We know that workers want development more now, maybe than ever before. And managers and people leaders who are the bedrock of any organization, they're going to have to really find the balance between the commander, the collaborator, and the coach. And that's really tough, right? So I think it does take that culture of vulnerability. But you know, we, we also have to prepare our managers and people leaders to be able to actually do that. Um, and I think it, it's also a culture where um, we're, we're able to actually pour into that emotional economy. At Gallup, we often refer to it as behavioral economics, right? So behavioral economics is, um, is really the, the role that emotions play in any decision that we're making. So um, the behavioral economics piece is huge. It's not just about having a job. It's also about how is that job developing me, preparing me, right? So that needs to be deeply deeply rooted. And this whole idea of performance development should be at the forefront within your culture. It's about creating expectations, having managers and people leaders that can actually coach people so that that should be ongoing. It should be in a continuous uh, fashion and then creating that accountability. Um, so strengths can be peppered in all throughout the performance development journey and it can have a really big impact on the discovery process of that name it, claim it, aim it. If I was trying to find the clues of this happening in an organization, I might be looking or I just might myself want to set some goals of what it could look like at the organizational level. What kind of what kind of things would we look for? Yeah, you know, I think um, accountability and recognition are um, two ways that oftentimes will define a culture, right? So the way that you hold people accountable and also the way that you recognize, it can run the gamut within any organization, but understanding how your organization is doing that right now can help you to see where is the doorway into embedding this philosophy, right? So maybe we do that through, um, you know, monthly meetings that we have where we get all of the, the senior leaders together. Maybe we embed strengths there. We, maybe we embed some of this philosophy there, for example. Um, I think it also is investing, um, the willingness to invest in building those internal capabilities, right? So part of that is budget, but then also part of it is having a senior most decision, like decision maker on board with this. Um, but building internal coaches and or manager training um, is also a great way to start to equip a culture for this whole name it, claim it, aim it um, 
uh, philosophy as well. And, and I say that the training is important because once a person is equipped and also has experienced the development on their own, they can actually then go out and create it for other people Right. So um, a lot of our courses and a lot of our our, uh, our strengths based types of uh, um, experiences, you actually go through the developmental process for yourself. And that makes it so much easier to create it for someone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What could this look like at the local or, or at the management level? So we, we say, you know, in the five steps of building a strengths based culture, we've got to have kind of CEO manage top management what does it look like there if we're thinking at the at the manager level yes and it's such a great question too because again managers and people leaders bed the bedrock of any organization and they almost create that microculture right so perhaps at that ma manager level there are some more touch points around name it claim it aim it perhaps that manager those people leaders they're closer to seeing people use their their strengths or their talents in action so um because they have that higher locus of control uh perhaps it's you know maybe at our team meeting we're spending the first five to ten minutes where you get to maybe recognize a peer or I'm going to do some recognition of people having their strengths in action, right? So I think it's those those little steps that can start to help frame up the conversation and equip folks to, um, to, to change the way that they interact with people and also change the way that they see themselves. Yeah. And actually following that framework in recognition, especially from leadership, uh, is a very, very powerful tool to say, this is what I saw. This is how it was used. These were the outcomes. I think sometimes, you know, in recognition, we want to say, nice job. Right. Or what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, it's so yeah. great that you came to work today. For mm -hmm. what? Right. I mean, and so mm -hmm. I think we can think as leaders and coaches, you can spend time teaching leaders that recognition framework works as well for this name it, claim it, and aim it as you talk about what you did, what was the impact, what did it actually do? Like what were, yeah. what were the numbers on that? And so as we think about small steps organizations can take to get started, maybe like that one organization that contacted me and they're like, what's next? Yeah. What, would you, what would you recommend? What are some small steps they can start taking? Yeah, I think um, actually creating some visibility of talent could, um, and that could mean anything from having people list their strengths in their email signatures to having a team strength se session. So uh, anything that you can do to start to to um, gain traction around the initiative, but then also start to have people understand their talents and how they're showing up. It not only starts the conversation, but it generates a buzz, right? People start to get excited about it. And then people don't just hold those experiences in, they share them with other people throughout the organization. So I think as, as long as you can start to have touch points or even conversations starters, it's really helpful. And um, I think you all will find part two of this really helpful because we're gonna start to talk about some of those more tactical ways to implement this framework as well. Yeah, no, we've got a bunch of suggestions coming. And so if you're listening in the podcast or you're listening on YouTube, you can probably just fast forward to the next one, get started on that one. <laughs> and uh, we're going to give you a bunch of very, very tactical um, ideas on the way to get started with this. Jessica, 
Thank you for spending this first time kind of outlining the name it, claim it, and aim it framework. I think a great overview of that and, and appreciate that as well. With that, a uh, couple reminders. One, if you want to take advantage of all the resources we have available, you can now visit uh, galt.com slash Strengths. Pretty easy to remember. Lots of links, lots of resources, lots of things available, and really the best way to log in to Gallup Access because it'll take you right to your to your uh, strengths page that's available there, the dashboard. And while you're there, sign up for the Clifton Strengths community newsletter available for you each and every month. We just put one out and we'd love to have you sign up for that. Give us your email. We won't spam you and send that to, send that to us and we'll get that to you in your inbox each and every month. If you have questions, you can email us coachingagallop.com. If you want to follow our live events, follow us on Eventbrite, gallop.eventbrite.com. We'll get you there. If you want to join us in our in our social groups, go to facebook.com slash group slash called the coach or on LinkedIn, search Clifton Strengths Trained Coaches. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Clifton Strengths Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. And if you're really enjoying this podcast, please leave a review. This helps us promote strengths globally.